Welcome to Boiling Point at Eastside FM. From serious to funny, from science to comedy, from biomedical degree to producing, marketing, acting, writing, and stand-up, how do you go from a Bachelor of Biomedical Science to a successful career in comedy? Find out today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Boiling Point. I, Anastasia, I'm your host for today, and I'm sitting down with writer, comedian, presenter, and actor, A.J. Lamarck. A.J. started with a Bachelor of Biomedical Science, or sorry, of Science in bio, Biological and Biomedical Science, and quickly rose to fame as Australia's rising comedian, hosting his own unique comedy show entitled Queens of Comedy. Welcome to the show, A.J. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you've got such a excellent podcast voice <laughs> oh stop oh my it my god wow. <laughs> i hope everyone's listening to this because this is pretty crazy putting my best podcast voice on today oh i'm glad thank you you're, i'm glad you're doing it for me did you practice i did i yeah. was practicing Gurgle on the bus over of, here a I couple of people it. stared at me being like what's this guy doing <laughs> but then i'm like oh i'm a comedian i probably have done more things yeah <laughs> if you if you can't see an unhinged person on the bus you are the unhinged person on the bus that's um, the rule exactly also welcome <laughs> to sydney <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a, that's a, that's what you get when you tap on with your opal. It's, exactly, it's a exactly. bonus included it's, from New South Wales it's Transport. It's a bus bus trip and a show. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what got you to? decide to go into the Bachelor of Science degree and specifically biomedical science because mm. when I told people that I'm having you on the show mm. they're like oh you know they've seen you in the steam room they've seen seen a lot of your comedy and mm. then I go yeah did you know that he studied biomedical science and they're like ooh because even we as biologists <laughs> were like we would never do that to ourselves <laughs> like, <laughs> it is a bit like that it's a bit of a rarer one um in general, I think it's it's what I call. I, I think I did a joke. I think this. I did it as a joke in the steam room. One of the ones we performed together. It's like um, biomedical is for um, when you're too dumb to be a doctor, but too smart to be an anthropologist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry for anthropologists. Any listen. <laughs> the shade is it's it's with love. But um, I I wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. In high oh. school, I kind of thought about going into medicine and doing medicine mm. and becoming a doctor, and um, I'm not entirely sure why. Now, may I ask, mm. so just as a person who came from a very, like, um, strict cultural background, yep. and I've, I've seen your comedy, I know you do as well, <laughs> was part of it maybe cultural... Um, uh, like your parents pushing you to become a doctor because mm. I know my parents did that to me mm. and so that's why I'm doing a PhD because I'm like hey at least doctors in the name <laughs> <laughs> this is how we'll mitigate this exactly. is a business deal and I'll come here if you meet me in the middle exactly my parents will because as long as doctors in the name whatever <laughs> <laughs> well it was I, I my dad actually was the exception the rest of my family was relatively like that my dad was like the odd one out. He was actually disappointed that I didn't go into the arts. Oh. I told him I was doing biomedical science, and he was like, "Well, you, what about acting school?" Really? <laughs> it was the opposite of specifically with my father, and I was like, "Oh, like, okay, this is not the reaction I was expecting." Oh, um, that's I think so supportive, hey? It was, but he 
but specifically acting. He wanted me to be an actor. It was weird. It was like you took the stereotype and you just moved it slightly to the left. And it's like, I still want you just to be an actor. Oh, okay. Be an actor. (laughs) Nothing else. Don't waste your life on being a biomedical scientist. Not a doctor. Not a doctor. Um, But I think always with that kind of, you know, family stuff, it's it's just seen. It's, It's... it wasn't as verbalized, mm-hmm. I would say, as much of my family in terms of getting that type of job. Mm-hmm. But it was just a presumption. It was a, it was always around, you know, like English mm-hmm. and humanities weren't really real subjects. Okay, I see. Yeah. So it yeah, wasn't yeah, like, yeah. oh, do this; those are bad. But it was kind of like, oh, look, like you can go play with these subjects. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like here are the, some toys. Like yeah. here's English literature. Go have a play with the blocks. Like, yeah. <laughs> but my medical science is more practical. Yeah, they're real. They're real things. Exactly. They're a real job. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So then, yeah, I I went from high school. She's actually really interesting because um, I, uh, my equivalent of HSCs in the UK, which Mm -hmm. we call uh, Mm A-levels, well, at the time, they're called something different now. You know, when the governments keep on chopping and changing the names and the formats of all the qualifications and you never know who's doing what anymore. But at the time, they were called A-levels. And I, in my first year, did um, uh, very poorly with Mm -hmm. biology to the point where my teachers were like, do you want to drop this altogether? Oh, Like, it was very, very bad. I was not good at biology. Wait, and your teachers encouraged you to drop it? Yeah, so in the UK, I'm not sure about how it works in Australia with HSCs, but it goes across two years, and Mm -hmm. you go from AS level is the first year, and then you get A levels. So it's like a two-year thing, and you can walk away with the one year, but it doesn't really do much. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so I was like, no, I want to keep at it. I, I find it interesting. I like it. I just, I um just am not, getting this education system like the the way the exam's done the way this is done i just am not i'm not good at the exams yeah oh oh i'm totally with you yeah exactly like everyone has a different way of learning and unfortunately most schools i'll tailor to only one type of learning yeah so i totally understand that and it was actually really controversial because in the second year of the a levels Mm -hmm. um we had a exam that was so bad across the like so the writing of the exam was so bad across the board um it reached the national news of the uk like it was on prime time 6 p.m bbc being like you know aj lamarck is bringing down the average Exactly. No, but it was it was written so poorly. They tried to change the syllabus and they'd written this terrible exam across the country. Everybody's grades plummeted by three grades. Oh, my God. The A-star students were, like, averaging Cs at best. Like, ev- the entire country, because it was, like, a, a unified exam. Oh. Um, everyone had done it. The results were coming out mm. and it was, like, this is just such a poorly written exam that the syllabus provided and the exam materials were not aligned. So all these students across the UK, we had to... We didn't get the option to resit it another time. We had to resit it as a part of our, all our finals. So we had an additional exam to do where they had to rewrite the paper of the one we should have done the year before, um, just to add Aww. fun pressure to it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of just an example or insight into the um, 
like the the way the syllabus is written and the poor quality of what was being produced by mm -hmm. the exam invigilators in terms of creating these questions and interpreting their new syllabus. So yeah. it was part of them just being like, well, you get bad grades and the school was kind of a bit selfish in that aspect. They were like, well, you get bad grades, that takes our average down, drop this subject and do something you can get good grades in so we can get a better average overall and mm. get new students in the school, etc. It's a cycle. Right. Um, but you stayed. I did you stay. You persevered. I so persevered. what made you want to stay? I think I just, even though I didn't get the grades, mm -hmm. I like I enjoyed the subject. Okay. I okay. it made sense to me. It just mm -hmm. didn't make sense in the setting of the sixty-minute exam in whatever format they did it in. Which was most likely, let's face it, memorize multiple choice. Oh, it was even more convoluted than that. We didn't oh. get multiple choice in this. It was like I remember one thing: a block graph. I know, I, it's still in my memory what it looks like. Um, That's the panic at the exam is coming back. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, ah! But it was just a, a graph with just random blots on it. And we'd never studied block graphs at all. And But usually with graphs, you can kind of interpret. You're like, I get where it's going. Here's the axes, yeah. here's the labels. I've never seen this type. But it was just random circles on a graph. And it was like, interpret this. And it was like, and everyone was kind of like, what the? To the point where we're in the exam hall, we're looking at each other like, I don't know what this means. Oh, wow. You know, things like that where it's just like this has never come up. And all of a sudden, yeah. it's like going into an exam and sitting a separate subject. You've been studying maths all year and you go down and you're sitting a French exam. You're like, this isn't calculus. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I, 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 I kind of wrote it off in my head as like something to overcome. Right. Um, and be like, well, this is they're wrong mm -hmm. okay <laughs> that's yeah. a very stubborn kid and especially if everybody else is is going through that struggle yeah you kind of um you know it's it's a good way to explain to yourself like hey it's not me yeah you know it's it's the way that i'm being examined yeah yeah so when you were in your studies right mm. throughout your biomedical um sciences did you find that you were able to grasp the concepts a lot better than in high school oh totally i remember thinking so i i to fill in the, the quick gap between that mm. so i got my results um and i got enough to fill my conditional offer um, mm -hmm. from the University of Kent in Canterbury in the UK um, to study biomed. So I got into my course um, and Excellent. it was the other grades that picked me up, not the science. And your dad was like, I'm so disappointed in you, AJ. <laughs> you are banished. No, he was a never. <laughs> um, and so I go to university. I remember doing my first ever test. Mm -hmm. um, I think from memory it was cell physiology. Um, and... I remember just being like, whatever, like, I'm going to struggle through this. Like, I struggled through the biology thing, but, you know, celebrity, I'll figure it out. Yeah, you're resilient. I'm so. resilient. And then I got 100%. And I was like, oh, damn. Cool. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I don't mind that. I'll yeah. take that. I'll, I'll, I'll call that a win. And then, you know, I was doing more tests or papers or essays or worksheets or lab pracs and just it was wasn't like an anomaly. I was mm. going from 100 and then I was getting like a 96 and then I was getting a 92 you and then I was getting a 98. And, niche, right? Yeah, and I was like, I don't understand how I can do a first year degree where mm. like four months earlier, four months earlier, I was a terrible student yeah. who should quit who the telling, subject. Exactly. Yeah. Where teachers were telling you, hey, I think you should drop the subject. Yeah. And now look at you, freaking first class honors sort of student. Exactly. And it was a, like, I, yeah, I expected to struggle. And mm -hmm. it was it was really interesting to be like, well, I haven't actually changed. It's just <laughs> what I'm being examined for and how they're examining it yeah, is different. Exactly. And these people are looking for a specific thing, which is the science. Mm -hmm. They're not looking for whatever the education board is doing to presume they understand what 
a science, a, a, a biological student at high school should know. They're going, these are the grades and this is the curve and this is what we want to measure to the government's KPIs for the whatever strategy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, not, mm-hmm. it's less about the subject and it's more about the overall goals of whatever education minister is in charge and yeah. all of that stuff. So it was quite rewarding to be in that situation. And then, you know, there were subjects I weren't good at, but even the subjects I weren't good at was like... Uh, you weren't Merit terrible. Plus. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just like yeah. a different way of, of grading and looking at it all. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so throughout your, um, you were telling me before, actually mm. off air, how the British system was a tad bit different than yes. the Australian system. You still did an honours, but your honours is three years and very specific in mm. those three years because you're already doing biomedical science. Yes. Now, what specifically did you do for, like, in addition to just biomedical science? Because you don't work in your traditional lab setting no what did you do for your um so for the honors in the uk at least at the time i went and studied biomedical science as a part of the degree um what i had to do uh was we got options we got a lot of options um most people took the laboratory option um so you know that was being in a lab you getting here's a theory that's pretty monitored by the yeah and it's very common right yeah volunteer work in a lab for your you know totally and there's different kind of professors in different subject areas from mm-hmm. genetics to physiology to yeah because um, even with the lab work like you can work in with really small things like cellular genetics mm. or biomolecular whatever or you can work with big things yeah. right yeah oh so. totally and it's it, and whoever your main professor was mm-hmm. there was a group of you and you're all doing the same thing exactly so um, you work off each other you work yeah. off each other but and you decided you're that. like not not for me i want to be unique i want to be unique and then the second option which was the most common which the then took up like I think like pretty much 98% of people in one of these two options in my whole year um, which included the biomed uh, biochemists and the biologists were um, the research study Mm -hmm. so it's it's pure written theoretical online investigation you kind of you have a bit more freedom about what your prompt is because Mm -hmm. you don't have to be in the laboratory and they don't have to have the (laughs) the equipment and the um, you know the ingredients or the chemicals or whatever that you might need Mm -hmm. um so that was for people who wanted a bit more flexibility and be like, I'm actually really interested in this one area. I'm going to go research it myself and spend the time. Okay, I, so almost yeah. uh, sounds like a typical honours, right? Like Pretty much, very, yeah, very yeah. similar to what honours students do here in Australia. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's that's across the board a bit more yeah. closer. And then, but you picked the third option. I picked the third option. Now, was there an option to do this third option or did you come up with this yourself? No, it was an option that just no one else wanted to do. (laughs) Just me. And it's me and like 300 other people across all these three subjects. Mm -hmm. So that's biochem, biomed and biology. And it's a, it was a business honors. Um, So it was a science business honors. I can't remember the the proper name. We just called it the business honors for Mm -hmm. short. Um, But essentially it was using science and using your scientific it's like kind of starting off as a research project, mm-hmm. but then halfway through turning it into a business product like implementation. So you write Incredible. a business plan around it, you know, a, a brief marketing plan, you do the finances, you do your, um, you know, patents and KPIs and all of that stuff around it. But the yeah. first half of it is having a, uh, a really solid idea within the realms of uh, laboratory science mm-hmm. that you could market and pitch. And did you get help with that? Did you also get a professor to help you with this? Yes, we did get, I did get a professor and we didn't really get on at all. Mm. Um, he was very kind of just like, I was like, how much does it cost to run a laboratory? I don't know this. You, I don't, yeah. I, you know, I've tried Googling and. Uh, and these are typical questions to ask, yeah. right? Yeah. And he was like, well, it's not a dollar, is it? And I'm like, well, of course it's not a dollar. I'm, he was like, well, you're going to I'm like, I'm coming to you because I, you, 
are in a laboratory. Yeah, exactly. You are primary, uh, like a primary <laughs> contact. Oh my gosh. It's just a bit like, it's just like, oh, and I'm just like, just tell me or I'll go somewhere else. So we had a bit of an antithesis um, mm. working together, but mm. um, overall, no, because yeah. it was so individual and, there, and it was purely theoretical. There mm. was very few professors who could actually talk to your idea unless it was specifically involving not just their knowledge about their specific um, specialization, but also something they're in doing right so my project was kind of not within the sphere of anything that was going on in university so Mm -hmm. the professors were as equally unaware Mm -hmm. um so it was only really the business side and then the business side is a bit more accessible overall like how you write a business plan is the product worthy in the marketplace how would you pitch it what Mm -hmm. is its use Mm -hmm. you know so what was your project what what was your product Mm. so the product i created was a theoretical um like testing kit for chicken breast products uh, and oh. very very sexy um <laughs> so the idea was like you know if if for those of you who use chicken at home um you know you might buy your chicken breast in like that kind of plastic sealed pack mm-hmm. um and it's not really until you open it do you find out like the expiration date might be right it could be a bit off um if you leave it in the fridge for a bit long than it said like is it going to be edible or do you mm-hmm. just check it out a lot of people will be like oh it's fine i smell it you know it's that kind of yeah. thing everybody's got their own method some people are like no if it's past the date check it out don't risk it other people are like oh i'll give it a smell and yeah i mean that's kind of what i do i'm like oh does it you know isn't revolting yeah <laughs> am i heaving or oh, yeah, exactly. i think it'd be fine i'll burn yeah. it off I'll, I'll, I'll... yeah exactly look you're cooking it right you're, you're cooking it. it up to a high degree yeah <laughs> who and cares about dry kill chicken? all of the salmonella <laughs> Um, so this product I created was a theoretical product that you would attach to the packaging and it would be like a little popper device. So you would like pop this little thing on top of the product mm-hmm. um, and the kind of enzymes within that chemical would be released into the main, um, not the actual product itself, but mm-hmm. like another little like compartment within that like popper thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that would react with some of the air within the, with the packaging bacteria. to see if though, and you would kind of measure the, um, the anaerobic environment. So yeah. the lack of oxygen within the packaging to mm-hmm. see what level it was. And that would read um, and, and detect how much that was. And the color then would dictate whether that was edible or not, because there was a specific um, correlation between the anaerobic environment of that packaging mm-hmm. and the inv- in between the like the cling film and the like the base bit yeah. um and how um like dangerous it would be to consume like mm-hmm. was it beyond um retribution yeah. from <laughs> boiling uh, it up 24 hours yeah and so it would give a color result based on that and it would have a little guide so if it was like really really you know dark purple let's say mm-hmm. it would you would be like well i've got to throw it out if it didn't really react oh yeah like, oh well that's fine i can eat it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that was the product in theory oh, that's incredible hey and you graduated with first class honors yes yeah congratulations <laughs> i never made the product uh <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i did it all um got there in the end um Mm -hmm. and yeah it was like uh, i finished up and i was like okay i have a science degree yeah what were your thoughts after i just like guess medical school or actor like that (laughs) (laughs) well like when we were just graduating being like i thought by the time i graduated with a degree in science i would be a lot smarter um (laughs) and i was like i and i think most people can relate the more the longer you study science the more you realize you don't know 
Yes. I thought it would be a thing where I would graduate and I'd be so learned and I'd know all the things and we'd have a lot of answers. But I'm like, actually, mm-hmm. you don't have as many answers as you think. What, are you, what you're better at is investigating to find the answers to the questions you may have. Mm-hmm. And that's what a science degree is all about, right? Yeah. A, a lot of people don't, I think, um, don't understand that because they just think a scientist is this all-knowing encyclopedia. Pretty much, when yeah. In reality... They're actually the, you know, they're, they're learning every day. They're learning every time. They're asking more questions and being like, oh, no, now I'm stuck. Let me ask more questions. And they're really yeah. good at researching. Researching and putting things together. And, and also, you know, it's that kind of thing. Like, if you ask me now about some of the stuff, I'd be like, hmm. But if you're like, I glanced over, like, a, a paper or something, I'd be like, I get it. Yeah, and you can tell if it's a good paper, a bad paper, like... Exactly, and how practical it is. Like, I mean, my doctor and I are good friends, my my actual GP, and so if I go in with something, I'm like, look, here's this, and I know... I'm not a specialist in this area. That's why I'm coming to you. But I know that these are the probably things that you probably want to look out for. Mm. Here's this background of what I've been doing in the last few days. Here's how it's changed over that period. Here's, you know, the four effects of an inflammation. Um, To get all Latin-y on you, which is like heat, swelling, um, pain, redness. Um, Yeah, the four signs of inflammation. And, you know, so things like that where I'm like, okay, this is, I know it's inflammation because I'm feeling all these things. Here's something that's happened recently, Mm -hmm. which could probably indicate why that's changed and that's sort of normal behavior for me, but also I'm not a doctor. Also, your doctor probably appreciates that because it's better than being like, I think it's somewhere in my arm that's hurting. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh, what kind of pain? Mm -hmm. You know, when they're like what kind of pain are you experiencing? Mm -hmm. They want to know because it can differentiate. Is that a neuronal thing? Is that just like a a heat thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you've got, if you bruised an area, it hurts to touch the specific area. But if you've got shooting pains in your muscle, that's something different. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's helpful for investigation and just also just clarifying things about the body. Um, (laughs) But yes, I finished, I I took some time off to go travel and, um, then I moved to Australia because um, that's where my parents were living and they've been living there for since I was doing my entire degree. Mm-hmm. So I came back to Sydney um, to just kind of figure out things. Mm-hmm. And I originally went to look for a couple of jobs. Um, in science. In science. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was accredited in the UK, but I wasn't accredited in Australia. What so. does that mean? So it's um, depending on what kind of job you do. So the degree I took, you were accredited, which meant that you could go into certain health institutions like you would need a bit more training Mm -hmm. but um it meant that you were credited with having done the core requirements um to do certain jobs like nhs pathology etc um obviously you'd need to train on the job and everything like that Mm um but i all the jobs out here i couldn't really find i was too underqualified they were all the way in regional Australia because that's where you can have a big lab and that's where you can do certain things or mm-hmm. I would have to pretty much start the study again and yeah. so I was kind of like oh well you know I'm just going to do some marketing jobs I'm like that's accessible I can get in and mar- generally yeah. you know you don't need to have done marketing to have done marketing as a job and but so you I- also had that background with your honors mm. like yeah you had the, the business yeah but I think business and marketing almost go hand in hand oh totally and so you know i was able to use a lot of the things i did at university whether it was in the course or outside of the courses you know ways to get in my first couple of jobs in marketing i worked for a social media agency for a little bit i worked for a nutritional company that Mm. wanted 
my kind of biomedical insight into like science communication around their products wow. and um, yeah. I investigated them and I was like your products are terrible um, <laughs> your claims are fraudulent and I'm not going to put my name to them um, like it ge- you have morals <laughs> generally true story I was like look I've researched all the things your uh, nutritional um, yeah nutritional yeah. regulations in Australia are incredibly shocking the things you can say and no like requirement for them to actually follow through or be oh. proven is is horrific but i mean that's wow. a conversation for yeah. another day yeah. that's um, another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, you know slowly surely i entered the arts world i um i i, I actually started with improv because when i moved to australia i wanted to make friends mm-hmm. um and i was like i don't really know anyone i'm just going to join an improv class i'm going to meet people i've seen it on tv i've done it a couple of times in high school it mm-hmm. seems fun people chat like it's a very friendly environment yeah and and then i got really into it i met some great friends um a good friend um who have you know we've been besties since back melrose who was a part mm, of steam room yes. we met as we both went into this class being like we just want to meet some more people we're at a time in our life where we want to make friends and yeah we just happened to get on um and then a couple of years later after doing improv for a few years i gave stand-up a go and then I was doing stand-up for a bit. But at the same time, I was also working in a marketing aspect in the arts. So I'd, mm. I'd gotten a graduate program at the Opera House. Mm-hmm. So I was, let's face it, you needed to make money. Uh, yeah, you need to make money. <laughs> <laughs> so I was working at the Opera House as, as, as across external affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd moved on to a smaller theatre company as a marketing coordinator. And then recently, uh, well... At the time, and then I moved on to the head of marketing there. So I was, I was having this kind of very artsy world. My day job, the money maker, was in the arts, and then I was also building a stand-up career. I was going to gigs at night. Mm-hmm. I was performing. I ended up starting my own room, which has been going for three years now, called Queens of Comedy on Oxford yeah. Street. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, that kind of started because I just wanted to um, create a space that was just a bit more, I don't know, welcoming for audiences. I think comedy gets a bad rap. A lot of the time because you know the space you if you if you're taking a you know a gamble on going out to a comedy night you never know what it is unless someone tells you oh this is a good one they get good comedians you know what they're doing or i've just walked into a place and this guy who's going through something has got up on the mic and i'm not comfortable Mm -hmm. and I'd rather not risk that. Yeah. And so I wanted to create a show where or like the intention was also to create a welcome environment for comedians but also have audiences go well i i know i'm going to go to this night and it's going to be funny and i might not enjoy everything just you know that's comedy that's life Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. not going to be really poorly timed like things it's not people just saying whatever they want because they can because they've got a microphone you know it's that type of thing it's like these people are good at what they do Mm -hmm. um they've thought about train "Hmm." people then is is that what it is uh, I we did this thing for we've been doing this thing for like every year or so called the newcomers program and that was specifically because I um it's not as diverse the comedy scene here in Australia mm. and a lot of that is because it can be really un- again the same thing it's it can be really hostile and unwelcoming when you start especially mm. if you are different uh, and by different I mean you know if you're a woman in comedy and you happen to go to certain nights you you couldn't be the only woman yeah. um and that comes with its own difficulties if you're a person of color if you are um, disabled, if you, you know, if you are someone who doesn't fit into that mainstream vibe and often mm-hmm. the times, you know, the other comedians in the lineup might have jokes about you specifically, you know, oh you're, you're the punchline of their jokes. Like people like you, not necessarily a personal thing. Yeah. Um, and so this program that we run, um, every year, 
was to was designed to get people in and go this is like a welcoming environment like mm-hmm. these are the places you can go where you're not going to experience that and these are the people you can meet um who will be able to support you and um you know so you can actually engage with the form and have fun and create your own audiences and begin your own comedy journey yeah that's incredible it it almost feels like correct me if i'm wrong it's something that maybe you wish you had had when oh, you totally, first started yeah. out and now you get to do it for other people you really get to pass on that knowledge mm. that's really beautiful where can we find your show um, so Queens of Comedy is on the last Friday of every month on Oxford Street. You can find more information at www.thequeens.com.au, spelled K-W Queens. Um, I also have a podcast called Floof with AJ Lamarck, um, where each each episode I talk to a specific person about a specialised area that they have, whether it's across all forms. We've had an artistic gymnastic slash Olympian slash Cirque du Soleil perform in our last episode, <laughs> and the episode before that was about disability advocacy. But yeah... Mm-hmm. Incredible. Well, we will put all of the links into our blog post as well. We'll make sure to have that up there. AJ, thank you so much for coming on the no, show. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. We're going to have to have you back again because, <laughs> you know, maybe you could just do a stand-up show and we'll have that as a podcast episode. Done. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Boiling Point. You are listening to The Harder They Come by Jimmy Cliff, a song brought in to you by AJ. Please make sure to check out AJ on all of his Instagram and Twitters and everything else that we'll have. And make sure to follow us, Boiling Point FM, on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. Thank you so much. See you next week. Oh,